Hi, this is Graham Plaster, the CEO of the Intelligence Community dot uh, com and the Intelligence Community Inc. We're a social network of over 100,000 people in the defense intelligence space. And today I have uh, Jeff Parr, who's the founder of Suits and Spooks, and he's a futurist and a technologist in the defense space, uh, who is widely connected and, and knows a lot of great people. So today we're going to talk to him a little bit about how Suits and Spooks got started and also uh, an event coming up this month that I hope uh, some of our network will be interested to learn about. So Jeff, I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about your background. Thanks, Graham. Uh, it's my pleasure. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. Um, my background is I was a, uh, I'm a Coast Guard uh, veteran. I served uh, right after Vietnam uh, ended. Uh, from 76 to 80, I was uh, on the Coast Guard during the Cuban boat lift. I uh, left the Coast Guard, was prepared to serve in the intelligence community, and then uh, President Carter instituted a hiring freeze, so I was young and dumb and decided uh, I didn't want to wait around for that, so I spent wasted a uh, few years of my life doing nothing but uh, being single and, and uh, working out in gyms between the East and West Coast until the 90s when I got involved in technology and made my way to Microsoft um, uh, in uh, in the 2000s, was uh, working on some uh, uh, data analytics projects there, uh, began writing a blog called Intel Fusion. The Russia-Georgia war broke out and uh, was doing uh, some side work on uh, on uh, uh, data analytics and uh, wrote a, uh, was writing my theories about the uh, whether or not the Russian government was uh, uh, orchestrating the attacks against the Georgian government websites when uh, somebody reached out to me with uh, an opportunity to use the Palantir platform as part of of my uh, my individual research on that, and I turned it into an invitation for other uh, freelance intelligence analysts to do an, an open source exercise called Project Regus, and you can find the results of that open source exercise online uh, under the name Project Regus, and uh, we but we presented uh, the findings uh, at the I think it was the second. Palantir Government Conference. Uh, that might have been in 2008, back when they only had about 70 employees, and you could still find Alex Karp uh, uh, very easily. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, walking around, shaking hands, and um, and it, it sort of uh, right after that, I wrote the, the first edition of Inside Cyber Warfare. Um, and did a lot of uh, consulting work and, and um, speaking at events and conferences. Uh, and after, I don't even count a countless number, I can't even count the number of uh, conferences I attended and spoke at, I realized that there was a, a huge gap between uh, the, the uh, great work that was being done uh, in in DC by the uh, by the folks in the intelligence community and the the, the completely different and and uh, excellent work being done in Silicon Valley and so I thought it might be a good opportunity to create an event that brings both 
uh, both of those folks together. And so I created Suits and Spooks. And the very first event in 2011 was held in the old Facebook loft in Palo Alto um, in, in September of 2011. And then uh, we just kept, just kept doing it. Uh, and we've, we've held Suits and Spooks events in different cities around the world, uh, but consistently the best attended ones have been in Washington, D.C. Uh, they've never really grown very big. Uh, never, I'm, not a suits and, I'm not an events promoter, honestly. I don't really know how to run a big commercial event. They, uh, they've always been – they've always just been things that I've wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to meet interesting folks and have them uh, have interesting discussions about hard challenges. That's really the only thing I've ever wanted uh, this event to do, is bring together folks that have different different points of view and have them uh, uh, discuss a hard challenge and hopefully walk away at the end of the day with some new awareness or a new perspective and, um, and, and have learned something or, or at least feel like, they've made a good investment of their time uh, versus, my, in my experience, going to a big conference and, and then at the end of the day thinking, why did I even bother? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You, know, you feel like you've just been overwhelmed with, with sales. Mm-hmm. So um, so that, that's what Susan Spooks is, you know, that's, that's I think, what we've achieved. Uh, it's, a, it's a great experience. It's, it's a small event. Uh, between usually between 60 and 100 people, we uh, spend uh, the full the full day is usually spent in these great discussions, and uh, you can see uh, some of our past events at suitsandswoops.com. But we have one coming up in just a few weeks. That I guess we're going to talk about today on uh, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence and national security. So um, I'll uh, I'll, yeah, I'll leave it up to you. So I'll I'll have to say though that you're a little humble about it because I think that. Having attended Suits and Spooks and spoken at Suits and Spooks, I think that the events are fantastic, and I think that um, they're really professionally done. Uh, I know you've been out there for a little while, but just the fact that you've hosted them all over the world and, and have the ability to bridge the cultural gap between Palo Alto and Washington, D.C., it's a pretty uh, pretty special group of people that you have and a network that you have. So, you know, I'm really uh, proud to be, you know, connected to what, to what you're doing and I'm happy to talk uh, to a lot of people about this next event that you're, you have coming up on AI, because I think AI is a really hot topic right now for DOD and the intelligence community. It's, uh, it's only heating up by the day. Uh, every event that I go to seems to be pointing more and more towards AI and how we can incorporate, you know, narrow AI into specific uh, mission sets. So tell me a little bit about the event this month and, and who's going to be there, who's sponsoring it, and how can people get involved? Uh, great. So, uh, thank you. And I appreciate that you, that you enjoy the event. Um, so artificial intelligence, you, you do hear about it all the time. That's one of the, I think one of the problems is that, uh, you do hear about it all the time. And in fact, one of the topics, uh, is the, uh, uh, is called, it's, it's a chill in the air. Um, it's a panel, uh, Rand Balsman, the deputy CTO of Rand Corporation. Uh, is leading it called, um, it, it's about the, the coming AI winter. Uh, by that, uh, you know, he means that, that all of the hype surrounding AI is going to have a detro- detrimental effect on the actual usefulness. 
you know, of the technology. When you overhype something, then people just begin to neglect it. Um, and which is dangerous because uh, our potential adversaries in, around the world will continue uh, uh, to develop it, whereas we, you know, may, uh, because of the hype, stop uh, uh, or, or ignore um, uh, areas that require the development uh, because it's been overhyped um, in, in other areas. So, so that panel, I think, should be very interesting, if not uh, controversial. We also, the, the other part, uh, I think that's very interesting, is that you, you'll see by visiting our site a lack of, of, uh, of, of cybersecurity companies uh, as sponsors. We have a, we have a, a couple, but you, you'll notice that the biggest ones are not there, and which is funny because some of the biggest ones are, are also companies that might, that, that could be uh, uh, accused of, of uh, maybe marketing a little too aggressive, a little too aggressively, uh, that that they are you know artificial intelligence engines can stop everything, uh, stop every single piece of malware and ever invented, and um, you'll never ever have to worry about a breach ever again, and so on and so forth. So, uh, and and it's understandable because you know the the one thing that's different about a suits and spooks event is that. Uh, is that our attendees do get a chance to actually ask questions and challenge um, assumptions, and and so it's natural that companies that perhaps may not want to be put under that kind of scrutiny. So, so that's why I encourage folks to come out uh, to get a really clear-eyed assessment of what artificial intelligence is, what machine learning is, what are its strengths and weaknesses, how will it be used. Uh, to, for, net, for companies to uh, defend their networks, how will it be used by adversaries to attack uh, their networks? Uh, we have a company, uh, one of our sponsors, um, come, is called Darklight, uh, comes out of uh, PNNL and uh, one of the uh, labs in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, uh, another one of our sponsors, Basis Technology, uh, their chief scientist will be speaking. Uh, uh, another one of our sponsors, Equal AI, or, um, their, uh, their founder and uh, CEO, uh, uh, Miriam Vogel, um, uh, will be speaking about uh, how to detect gender bias in uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, another one of our sponsors, uh, Kaspersky Lab, uh, uh, will be speaking about uh, uh, artificial intelligence in, uh, ironically, one of our cybersecurity sponsors is a Russian company. So, uh, but of course, uh, uh, cybersecurity is a uh, international global problem. Uh, even even our adversaries suffer from attacks by uh, by criminals. So uh, uh, and then uh, there's another uh, uh, aspect to this uh, that we'll be covering, which is uh, national defense. And there is uh, there is an arms race that's going on between Russia, China, and the U.S and how artificial intelligence and robots will be used on the battlefield by warfighters. Uh, and up to and including um, the use of, uh, of a lethal, uh, lethal force. So, uh, and this is a, an extremely controversial use of artificial intelligence. So uh, this will be explored by uh, one of our speakers, uh, Lewis Shepard, who's a senior advisor uh, to DOD. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, I know Lewis well. Yeah, and 
Uh, and we also have uh, Brian Lewis, um, who is a, a Vice President and Deputy Director at one of Intel's labs, uh, Cosmic Works. Um, uh, it's just a, we've got a great lineup um, of speakers, and uh, anybody who's uh, uh, in the D.C. area or the Beltway or the Northeast in general should definitely uh, visit the site and, uh, and check them all out. Uh, one, on a completely different note, one of our speakers is heading uh, over here from the West Coast, uh, Eve Berquist. Eve uh, is the founder and uh, CEO of a startup called Cordo. And uh, uh, they, they apply artificial intelligence to media. Uh, essentially, he has most of the movie studios as clients. He also runs the AI Media Lab for UFC. But there's a lot of interesting uh, uh, cross-correlations with national security in terms of, of how um, AI and media works. So uh, he'll be giving a talk on that. Great. That's fascinating. So where is the event? What time and, and um, what day? Uh, we're holding it at the uh, National Press Club, so it's centrally located. Um, the, uh, it's on a Friday uh, in the afternoon. Uh, probably going to start around 11 or uh, – uh, We actually, the, the speaking starts at noon, but uh, the exhibits uh, will be open as early as uh, – exhibits and coffee networking will probably be open as early as 11. And then uh, we're going to wrap things up uh, sometime around between 4, four and 5. And uh, that's on Friday. It'll be uh, January the 25th. Okay. And uh, and I, I intend to be there for that. Uh, I hope to connect with anybody from the CIC's network that attends and we can go out to uh, a local establishment afterwards and, and connect and, and have a beer. Uh, yeah, we fully intend to uh, yeah. we do fully intend to have a, a little after party at a, at a, whatever one of the local um, hangouts and uh, I know every time we've ever been to D.C., that's been the uh, the tradition. Yeah, okay, awesome. So next question is, there are some more general questions based on kind of what you're seeing in your network and what you're reading and scanning. Tell me a little bit about some of the, the trends that you're seeing in AI um, and for defense and also uh, some technology trends that you're you're tracking for 2019. Well, the um, the thing that that uh, the, the thing that that most concerns me, of course, is uh, lethal autonomous weapon systems in in AI. So uh, these would be you know robots uh, that are able to to uh, take lethal action without human supervision or that without a human pulling the trigger basically uh, right now that's I'm not even sure if that's uh, if, if there's a, a uh, any type of of a policy or or legal assessment internationally as to the lawfulness of that uh, I'm not, I think that the US does not uh, do uh, does not um, uh, approve of 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 um, of lethal autonomous 
machines. Uh, but I, I, I believe that I've read that China is working on uh, such uh, types of robots. So that, that's a that's one big issue. Another issue that uh, that I've read about that concerns me is um, uh, automated uh, automated attribution. So attribution is difficult enough if it's done um, uh, using uh, human assessment. Uh, it's a to me a nightmare if it's if it if if anyone attempts to do it you know using um, machine learning or or artificial intelligence. Uh, the the about any any attempt to <laughs> just even either imagining uh, that uh, a conflict could be escalated based on any type of programming um, is a night a nightmare in the making. So uh, I, I hope that we'll have these types of of uh, exploratory mm -hmm. discussions, you know, at Suits and Spooks and uh, in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. The uh, it goes. You know, it's it's uh, it, 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 the genie is really out of the bottle. I, I, I seem to remember um, all kinds of science fiction, you know, writing back in in the fifties, uh, and we're we're just so far beyond that now. Uh, where reality is really so far beyond what science fiction had had theorized uh, back then. So, uh, but but it's, I guess it's never really never never too late for for um, smart people to uh, uh, to to try to anticipate where what the future has in store and uh, put together contingency plans and have uh, informed debate and uh, and um, and and encourage uh, as many people as possible to become engaged. Uh, and express their opinion and and listen. Really, I, I hope that's what uh, will will occur. Uh, not only you know this month, but but down the road. Because whether we're entering into an AI winter or or not, uh, the most important takeaway here is that uh, people begin to educate themselves and 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 pay attention to what's happening with uh, their data. Uh, because that's really where it all begins. Uh, and you, you'll see that, especially with Eve's presentation. Um, everything begins with our data. And we've been completely oblivious uh, to what's being, to how our data is being vacuumed up and utilized uh, with, with little regard to, uh, to what happens to it, to who, uh, who has access to what they do with it after they have access uh, to our own ownership of it uh, and, and so on. So I, I think that that uh, uh, even a, a revolution around privacy and ownership of our data will have an impact in artificial intelligence and machine learning because uh, uh, there has to be a um, a requirement uh, as to as to the the providence of the data being used in of the data set that's being used to drive the artificial intelligence engine. Yeah. yeah. So so we all have a way. You know, actually, we all have. Uh, even if we're not scientists, we have an ability to, to make an impact. If 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 the only thing we do is take ownership of our own data.
You know, oftentimes when I ask people about, you know, people that are engaged with AI about uh, these types of questions, they immediately start to talk about big data and managing big data and privacy and those types of things. Rather than the technology of um, processing the data, they're more concerned with the privacy and the controls around the data, which is just what you said and it's definitely pressing. Well, I think the I think that that um, it's a refined you know it's a refined science. So unless you're unless you are um, uh, you know an engineer that's directly working in the field, uh, and I'm not, you know it's it's hard to have an informed discussion about the the science of machine learning or the science of artificial intelligence, and and so. Uh, you want to have a, you know, you want to have a, a, a discussion that's going to have meaning to your audience, uh, and then you have to start with the most common denominator, and and also I think it's important to, to, to give people some type of of uh, of ownership, right? They, people have to know that that they can make a difference, uh, that that it, that the future is not out of their hands. So, you know, it, it's like it, it's like watching, you know, it's like watching the old Terminator movie. Uh, <laughs> well, well, you talked a little bit about it. like. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Grant. Yeah, you talked a little bit about the fear of you know um, robots with weapons in their hands and having free and open you know control to to, to shoot human beings. But what about you know AI just automating a lot of government bureaucracy and crushing a lot of federal jobs. I mean, that's also an interesting implication of AI, right? I, I was, um, I had this discussion with an Uber driver uh, mm-hmm. uh, on the way back from a, um, from an event uh, in LA that I, that I did last year. I did the, uh, one of my events is uh, the Security Mobility Summit um, and uh, his, we were talking about uh, autonomous vehicles, and so mm-hmm. his concern was that it would take away, you know, his job. And in fact, Uber has a program um, yeah. called Uber Elevate. You know, which mm-hmm. is basically uh, flying taxis that are that are uh, self-driving. So, uh, yeah, it's a big concern, uh, and. Uh, there's no good, you know, no good answer for that. Uh, well, I think in science fiction, we've seen the rise of the robots, right? That's kind of the thing. Is that, uh, robots become smart. They rise up against people. But I think the more uh, recent trend is the rise of people against robots. And that goes all the way back to, you know, um, the origins of the word, uh, what is it, um, one of the original words for uh, not wanting to work with, Technology, right, has to do with people actually not wanting to be replaced by, I think it was the cotton gin or, or something like that, right? And currently, we uh, have people that are concerned about losing their jobs to robots and to AI, and it's a valid concern. It, it drives us towards more creative outlets that are more difficult to automate. But And right now, we see at Amazon, right, a lot of people are up in arms saying, we're not going to have our jobs automated away from us. But what is Amazon doing? 
it's metrifying every single aspect of the workforce to the point where once something is able to be automated, it will be. And that's a natural, you know, natural process for Amazon to do that. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I what I said to this driver, and probably what I would tell anybody, including my uh, my um, friends that have young, you know, young kids, is is um, look for the kind of work that cannot be automated. You know, because mm. uh, there are certain things that that people are always going to need. Certain skills that you simply simply cannot automate, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and as much as I obviously love uh, technology, uh, you're always going to need you know carpenters and you're always going to need mechanics and electricians and there's just you know trades are are always going to be in in demand. Medicine is always going to be in demand, and stick with those. You know, one of my favorite yeah. quotes, um, one of my fa- one of my favorite men from history, and, and one of my favorite quotes was uh, the, the guy John von Neumann, uh, who invented high speed computing, and uh, he was quoted um, as saying that uh, what uh, he, what we're creating now is a monster whose influence is going to change history, provided there is any history left. And a lot of folks, when they hear that quote, think that he was talking about um, uh, the uh, uh, the bomb because because that quote came from the early 50s. But he was actually talking about the computer, the high speed computer. And um, yeah. and and you know you can, and it, it makes even more sense when you start thinking about. You know the capabilities of, of artificial intelligence and and you know what it might be truly capable of doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the you know the questions that comes up and often gets confused. I was just listening to the Anderson Horowitz podcast yesterday, and they were talking about this: is the ethics of technology, right? To say that a technology is good or bad is kind of misleading because the technology itself is more or less neutral and can be used for good or bad. But probably a more, I think, pressing question or two questions about the ethics of technology that I like to ask are, in order to obtain the technology, which might be neutral itself, do we need to do something that is bad, is ethically wrong to get the technology? Um, And some people will rationalize that away and say, oh, well, that's, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Somebody's going to do it anyway. Therefore, it might as well be me. And the second question is, even if a technology is neutral and is not itself good or bad, does human nature, if we have some sort of accurate understanding of human nature or trends in human nature, does human nature tend to use that technology in towards more bad than good? And that that question should lead us to maybe establish certain controls or policies that kind of guard against um, that, that drive towards our better angels and our better uh, human tendencies with the technology. And nuclear is a, a good, you know, a good case study for that, but the AI has all kinds of implications and uh, as do all the other emerging technologies that we're excited to, to see roll out. 
Well, I, I think that um, I think if you've got a if you've got a technology that people are um, if you've got a technology that people are are doing illegal things, you know, to acquire, then you know, then clearly it has a lot of it has a lot of value, right? That's that's so the that that that's what has fueled the entire you know protection or security industry um, mm -hmm. over over the years. It, anything that has value, that anything that people want and are willing to do things to get, um, we built up an entire industry to protect. So um, I, I'm not personally. I, I I don't think there's a lot of of um, I don't think there's a lot to gain by by labeling something, you know, as as either um, good or bad. It, it either has it either has a it either has has value or it does not have value. It, it, it's useful or it is not useful, and um, and 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 it's just a question of of, of uh, whether it serves. How it serves, who's in power, and 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 whether it serves the needs of the per, of the person that's in power. So, so we're in a we are in an arms race, whether we like it or not, and and this and we're in a technology arms race, and um, and 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 it's all it's 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 uh, here in the U.S. It's our it's our government's obligation um, to to make sure that we are. Uh, going to come out of this uh, on top, uh, and as citizens, it's our job to make sure that our government has what it needs, you know, to do that. And uh, that's that's how we have to look at it. You know, what would you say? Speaking of AI, what, what's the, what's your favorite fiction, either book or a movie that uh, you've lost or read in the last couple of years that really grapples with something in AI that you find intriguing? Oh, I um, I guess I'm not really uh, I'm still I'm old school I guess. I, I'm the Terminator. I'm still mm -hmm. I still think Terminator is the best ever. Skynet. <laughs> all the way. Yeah. Okay. Um, and honestly, honestly, I—that was—and the reason I say that, I think, partly, is because back then, that I had yeah. nothing but time. You know, in the '80s, mm. in the '80s, I had nothing but time. Single. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> so, but today, today, I don't even know the last time that I was able to complete a book. I think it was. It mm. was. I think the last book. Oh yeah. The last book I read was The Fifth Risk uh, by Michael Lewis. Okay. Um, I don't think – I'm not sure if AI was mentioned, but um, but that was – it was a – I was shocked that I was actually able to finish. And it's because it was a thin book and a quick read. Mm -hmm. But I rarely have the luxury of being able to read an entire book uh, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, movies and TV shows, too. I mean, there's – a lot of interesting um, 
science fiction coming out dealing with AI and um most of it I think tends to grapple with with strong AI um and you know sentient AI. Um you know, but probably the more interesting stuff is more near future, um, more narrow AI um situations. Um so uh last question resources. So what's what's some technology that you like, maybe something that's handy for Streets of Spooks, um, either an app or um, maybe hardware that you like that you would recommend to somebody? Uh, um, let's see. Give me a minute here. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I'll tell you what it is. It's the Brave browser. Okay. I have completely stopped using Chrome. Um, okay. I think it's been... I put it, I think I put a post up on LinkedIn. I'm not sure how long ago it was. I know it was, that was last year. It might have been sometime in December. I made the switch. Um, and, and it has been fantastic. There's, there's a, a, just a few times that I need to go back to Chrome. Um, because sometimes there's sites that just don't work quite the way that I want. But uh, when I switched over to, to, to the Brave browser and and uh, um, and, I, and I see no reason to go back. Um, Chrome has just and it, it, it Chrome has just been uh, a nightmare. It, it just became a privacy nightmare for me. So yeah. uh, I, I encourage uh, Brave browser is better than like DuckDuckGo or. What's the, what well, the actually, the Brave, okay. I, I use both. I, I use yeah. the Brave browser, and I use DuckDuckGo as a search engine. Okay. All right. Is that a, is, is Brave browser, is that a free, or is it a, for a fee? Yep. It's free. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, thanks for that recommendation. We'll post the link in the uh, podcast notes. Uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off? Uh, no. No, I, I, um, I appreciate, uh, I, I just want to say, I guess, thank you, uh, Graham, uh, mm. for taking the time to, to do this sure. interview with me and for sharing it with your followers and uh, the members of your organization. Um, and thank you for your service uh, to, to our country. Um, I think the intelligence community is, uh, is a, a vital part, uh, and it's also a great, for the most part, uh, a very... Uh, uh, the, the folks there are, are underappreciated, uh, that do an extremely difficult job and get very, very little uh, gratitude, uh, from our population for, for the work. Um, that's exhausting and, uh, and tiring. And, and I, I just want to say thank you, uh, to, to, um, the, the many thousands of folks at 16 agencies, um, uh, who dedicate their time tirelessly over the years to keep us safe. Well, I appreciate that very much. And with that, we'll 
will sign off. And I look forward to seeing anybody who's listening at the AI event with Suits and Scoops. And that's on January 25th. We'll have a, a registration link in the podcast notes, and we'll also be sharing that out on LinkedIn and Twitter and other places. So thanks, Jeff, and we'll be in touch. Signing. All righty.